0: I'm Alan Lytle for 91.3 WUKY, Lexington's NPR news station, where it is time for another edition of our award-winning history series, Saving Stories, with Dr. Doug Boyd from the Louis B. Nunn Center for Oral History in the UK Libraries. It's a segment where we feature interviews from the collection. Good day to you, Doug.
1: It's good to be here.
0: It is Black History Month, and as promised, we are returning to the Robert Penn Warren collection.
1: Last month, we featured the Nunn Center's oral history interview with Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., conducted in 1964 by the poet and author Robert Penn Warren, who was researching a book he would later publish titled Who Speaks for the Negro? A few months after interviewing Dr. King, Warren interviewed Malcolm X, who's well known for having very different views on civil rights and black empowerment.
0: And that is why this collection is so vital.
1: That's right. History features Martin Luther King Jr., but it's no secret that, historically speaking, we tend to not hear much from and about Malcolm X. So Malcolm X was born in 1925. He had a really pretty difficult childhood. He ended up dropping out of school at age 15. He worked a variety of jobs. 1946, he was involved in some criminal activity and eventually arrested and sentenced to prison for burglary. While in prison, Malcolm X began to educate himself, and he really discovered the teachings of the Nation of Islam. When he was released from prison, he became a full member of the Nation of Islam, became a Muslim minister, and quickly rose in prominence as a human rights activist. While Martin Luther King Jr. advocated nonviolence and working with white individuals and white institutions during the civil rights movement, Malcolm X had a much more separatist philosophy. So in this first clip, he and Warren are reflecting on his philosophy and Malcolm X reverses the perspective between black people and white people and nonviolence.
2: If his own rights were being trampled upon, as the rights of Negroes are being trampled upon, he would use a different course of action to protect his rights. What course of action? <laughs> uh, I have never seen white people who would approach uh, a solution to their own problems nonviolently or passively. It's only when they are so-called uh, fighting for the rights of Negroes that they... Uh, non-violently pass passively and lovingly you know approach the situation but when the whites themselves are attacked they believe in defending themselves and things of that sort but those type of whites who are always going to jail with Negroes are the ones who tell Negroes to be loving and be kind and be patient and be nonviolent and turn the other cheek but so if I did see a white man who was uh, willing to go to jail or throw himself in front of a car uh, in behalf of the so-called Negro cause, the test that i put to him. I'd ask him, do you think Negro, if when Negroes are being attacked, they should defend themselves, even at the risk of having to kill the one who's attacking them? If that white man told me yes, I'd shake his hand, i trust in him. But I don't trust any white man who teaches Negroes to turn the other cheek or to be nonviolent, which means to be defenseless in the face of a very brutal criminal enemy. No. That's my yardstick for measuring whites. Anytime you tell a man to turn the other cheek or to be nonviolent in the face of a violent enemy, you're making that man defenseless. You're robbing him of his God-given right to defend himself.
1: Malcolm X's philosophies and methods often directly challenge the mainstream civil rights movement. He and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. are often viewed in opposition to each other, so Warren asks Malcolm X if he would ever work with King.
0: As I'm trying to see how it would be possible, uh, to work with uh, the, uh, Dr. King's uh, philosophy
2: of nonviolence, uh, you see. Well, see, now, nonviolence with Dr. King is only a method. That's not his objective. Yeah.
0: No, it's not his objective. Well, right? his
2: objective, I think, is to gain respect for Negroes as human beings. And yeah. nonviolence yeah. Is, his, is his method. Well, uh, my objective is the same as King's. Now, we may disagree on methods, but we don't have to argue all day on methods. Forget the methods or the differences in methods. As long as we agree that the thing that the Afro-American wants and needs is recognition and respect as a human being.
0: And it was 58 years ago, actually this week, that um, Malcolm X was assassinated in New York.
1: Not even a year after this recorded interview.
0: Which you can hear online like all of them.
1: Yes, this interview is online at KentuckyOralHistory.org. And it's interesting that since we've started paying attention to the analytics, this is the first year that the Malcolm X interview was accessed more than the Martin Luther King interview.
0: Doug Boyd from the Louis B. Nunn Center for Oral History in the U.K. Libraries has been our guest again on Saving Stories. Have a good one.
1: Thanks for having me.